Each and every moment of each and every day, O oh kind God, please come close to us, O oh Lord. Hear our prayer. Oh, Jesus, we love you and we need you, Lord. Thank you. Everybody said amen. All right. If you have a Bible this morning, let's take a look at God's Word. I think I've worked the way in hard enough. But I think I've worked hard enough. All right. Appreciate each each of you being here. And uh, good to see Bernard's mom and all the other moms. Very nice. If you have a Bible, I'm turning to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 22. <clears throat> Luke chapter 22, verse 40. Uh, I think I want, yeah, what do I want? There's a good verse in here, yeah, 31. I got them all marked. I like them all. What can I say? 22 and 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Everybody said praise the Lord. Praise All right. Now, you know, we often say you got to throw a bone to somebody. Well, I'm, I've got to send something the mother's way today, right? So, okay, I know. So I'm going to turn your attention for the mother's sake to John's account of the gospel. I don't want to forget the mothers. John chapter 19, right at the end of John's gospel, John's account of the gospel. <clears throat> chapter 19, verse 25. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. like to work for a little while on this Mother's Day. On Mother is standing by. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. <clears throat> One of the things I'd like you to consider to begin with is that the Lord looked at Peter one day, and I guess he got formal with him. I know that uh, usually we have a first in the middle and then our last name, you know, and, and uh, don't have to, but sometimes it's that way. And when, you're, when your mother calls you by all three names, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> kind of a signal, you know. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of like when, when, when Dad says, don't make me come in there. You're like, oh. <laughs> what can I do to keep you from coming in there? <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> there are certain signals that we want to read. And Jesus 
<clears throat> sent a signal. It wasn't, it wasn't Peter. It was Simon. Simon. Satan hath desired to have thee. Well, of course he does, right? Of course he does. But there must have been another rung up the ladder here because Jesus knew that it was a given that Satan wants all of us, all of us that he lost when we got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You want to get out of the devil's hands, the first step is you repent and then you get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You hear me now? Yes, sir. We had a young lady. I call her that, I guess, lightly. And we were right back here by the baptismal. This was back during Reach. And uh, <clears throat> she, had, she had a devil at least one, if not more. And uh, we had to pick her up and put her in the tank. And, and, brother, that devil just rose up. We got her under control in Jesus' name. And when we baptized her in the name of Jesus Christ, she came up out of the water. That devil went out. What did Jesus say? He beheld Satan as lightning fall to the earth. Well, we, it was like lightning. That devil went out. And uh, I remember that spirit just passed by one of the men, and he just broke down weeping. I have no compassion or to waste on fallen angels because if God spared them not then who in the world do I think I am so I have no compassion for fallen angels but I do have compassion for people who are tripping and stumbling and falling all over themselves and are so subject to evil spirits they have nothing they have no defense whatsoever. It's, it's like, having, like having AIDS. If you have AIDS, you have no immune system. It's destroyed. And then you could die of a common cold because there's nothing to fight it off. The cold will go into pneumonia. Pneumonia will go into your lungs and won't be long. That, that'll shut down and you will die. And so <clears throat> it's uh, spiritually speaking, People have no defense. They have no spiritual immune system. They have nothing to ward off and fight off the evil spirits of, of hell. And you know, hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure. Hell is not ever going to be satisfied. So you might as well not go along with that crowd because you're not going to satisfy hell by going there. And uh, who wants to give the devil any satisfaction anyway? All right. So, Jesus obviously saw something here. I mean, the norm is that, yes, Satan desires you. When he loses you, meaning the only way the devil can lose you is if you get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And that's for the remission of all of your sins, the forgiveness of all of your sins, because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission, there is no forgiveness, there is no full pardon. But guess what? Jesus shed the blood. Okay? He shed the blood of God. 
It wasn't the blood of a goat or a bull or a bullock. That could never take away sin. That was a preview. That was a shadow and type. It wasn't the very thing itself. It was showing you something's coming. The law, the schoolmaster, to bring us to Christ. Wasn't it sad that people fought the very thing, the very thing that was trying to save them? Yes, they did. The law was a schoolmaster. The law was trying to bring them somewhere. And when it got them there, they begin to rebel against it. They begin to fight against it. They begin to say, I want to go there. I don't want to do that. I want to go to church. I don't want to do that. <laughs> like some little kid, you know. I think we had one little, one little guy here this morning. He's, he wasn't wanting to go down to Sunday school. And, you know, that happens when they're, when they're young. Until they get down there and they start having all that fun, then then you then they run down there. So I'm trying to say it's it's just like that. So it is with the truth of God's word. It's it's not what the devils make think it is. He he tries to make it look bad, tries to make it look like it's all this and all that, but it's not. It's good. It's wonderful. One place in the scripture said, "Come with us, and we will do thee good." That's all that God's church has in store for you is something good. Something good. If you, uh, if God would be so kind, if, uh, if we would call it a kindness, if it's a detriment and it would save you, then it would be a kindness. But if he would roll back the film over your mind and your eyes and let you see hell, then you would know that him making a way of escape what a truly a great blessing it is. That out of billions of people, for some strange reason, God plucked me out of the horrible pit, fire, brimstone. Who am I? One, there's a, a song that when I first came in the church, the man that witnessed to me used to sing, Who am I that a king would bleed and die for? Oh, friend, what all Jesus did for you, for me, for us, what all he did. If you could let that be so big and so real, if the reality of that would come home to you and you could understand what you have, what is being handed to you, then there would be no fuss. There would be no temper tantrums. There would be none of that. It would just be, I'm sure you've seen, especially if you're in your car and you get stuck at the railroad track and the train is coming through with the hundreds and hundreds of boxcars filled with that beautiful harvest, but nonetheless, you and I are in a hurry to get where we're going. We can't even get across the track because the boxcars are going through. And I'm saying to you that there should be boxcars without number of appreciation for what all he has done for us. And so, yes, it's a given that Satan wants us. We, we, have, we have been snatched out of his hands. I read where, where Simon Peter's 
mother-in-law lay sick of a fever and that Jesus came to the house that day and there she was. And the Bible said he stood over her and he rebuked that fever. And she rose and ministered unto them. She got busy around the house. Got busy doing stuff. And boy, was she glad to be up and going. You get you a little case of something, whether it be fever or pneumonia or flu or whatever. It's a happy, happy day when that's all gone and you feel better. And you're ready to do a lot of things. I often tell about the dear sister, and she's a wonderful preacher's wife, sister in the Lord. And, and she, she told about how she got to grousing around. She didn't want to do the laundry. She didn't want to do the laundry. She was sick of doing laundry. She was tired of doing laundry. She just got to complaining and got a case of the complaining. So pretty soon she got a, a case of something else. I think it was the flu. And two weeks in the bed, burning up with fever and sick. And everybody praying. And then she got healed and got better. And she said, I never was so happy to get up and do the laundry. <laughs> oh, we need a good change attitude, right? Oh, yeah, that's all we need. Just I read in the paper the other day, a woman, I think she's about 100 years old. And she said, attitude, attitude, attitude. She said, that's what it's all about. <laughs> Well, you know what? I'd like to put the word good there. Good attitude. Good attitude. Good attitude. That's what it's all about. Amen. Woo! Oh, if I could just start seeing things through God's eyes. If I could just start looking at it from his point of view. If I could just get away from spirits that bring the feverish nights and the mully grubs and the complaints and and all the contrary, if I get away, break away, and that's what happens when we repent. We get baptized in Jesus' name, and we're completely forgiven. He cuts the cart rope. We get away from that cart of sin that we've been carting around for so long. We get away from that. We get delivered from that. We get changed. We get converted. We get changed. Repent ye therefore and be converted, the book said. Be changed. From bad to good, if you please. Not change just for the sake of change, but change for the good. And then, here we have somebody that's right at that place, they're baptized in Jesus' name. Now we're ready to receive, I pray we're ready, but we're the heavens are open and, and the heavens are ready. If our heart be ready, then God will fill us with the gift of the Holy Ghost, completing the born-again experience in our life of water and of the Spirit. And uh, that experience is what saves you and delivers you from sin and darkness and the grip of the enemy. And Satan no longer has you. You've been made free from Satan and his grip and his deception. His deception. You're not deceived anymore. Your eyes are lightened. Now you can see the eye of your mind. You can see now. And you, you're so happy for what God has done and how he's liberated you. In the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. And now you have that name. And you have power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, shall receive power.
oh yeah. I was um, waiting on seeing Sitzfeld. She was at one of her favorite stores where she gets all kinds of things for Sunday school. She always tells me, she says, I got to go get, I got to get my stuff for the girls downstairs. I got to get my stuff for the girls. I said, okay, okay. So we, we go to Dollar Tree. I like to go to take her to Dollar Tree because everything's a dollar. I learned that. And that, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Better than Saks Fifth Avenue or, <laughs> or one of those places. Yeah. yeah. You know, where a, a lady's blouse is $1,200. I don't like those places. I don't want to be anywhere near those places. Take me to Goodwill. <laughs> yeah, Lord. All righty then. So that's how I came in, friend. We came in with ripped jeans. And now if I had those jeans, boy, I could make a fortune, couldn't I? But uh, ripped jeans and grubby clothes and, and uh, got the Holy Ghost and got baptized in Jesus' name and, and got introduced right away to the to the Goodwill. That's where we bought our clothes to begin with. We sure did. Happy about it, too. Don't look back with any regrets whatsoever. First parsonage was a Sunday school room. Yeah, sure was. Yeah. No complaints whatsoever. If you go to Arcadia, be sure to, for a rally, be sure to ask me, and I'll show you where five of us lived in one room. And I'm pretty sure that room was probably about 10 by 11 or 12. And it didn't have anything in there. It was just four walls until we moved in. Then it had four walls and five of us. That's how that worked. And that's okay. That was great. That's all good training. All about attitude. 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 Yes, it is. You just want to do the work of the Lord. It's like that one Spanish brother said, me? He said, I work it for Jesus. That's right. <laughs> That's who I work for. <laughs> Amen. And if he pays me a dollar an hour, that's okay. If he decides he's going to give me a raise, that's okay too. But whatever the case is, we want to work for the Lord. We want to live for God. We want to catch the vision here. We want to get about the business of the Lord. Amen and amen and amen. Amen and amen. So to to get victory over spirit, rebuke it out of your life. And to get moving forward, you know, that's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. And so, <clears throat> to get, that's how you get him out of your life. But you know, and I said that's a given. We, we know that Satan desires us. Because we're in the crosshairs of his scope. Because he had us and now he, he lost us. To the only thing he can lose us to. And that's to this born-again experience, this truth. And having lost us, he definitely a roaring lion. And he, and I'll tell you what, our generation today now is absolutely whew, something else. The things that you hear and the things that you see and experience and that go on all around you. Because I'm telling you what, the Bible said Satan knows that he has but a short time. And consequently, he's wroth. He's mad because he's, he's running out here. He's running, and he's doomed. He's a defeated foe. And he's not a happy camper. And we're, we're pushing for a beautiful reaping of the harvest. We're trying to pull brand new people out of the fire and snatch them out of the jaws of the devil, that old serpent, that dragon. We want to we wanna save people just like we got saved. And how happy we are, we want others to be happy. 
you know, I'll, I'll go someplace and I'll see people smoking and lighting up and I'll, I can't help but feel a pang of sorrow for them because they are so bound by spirits. So nice that the Lord delivered us. So nice the things that God has done for us. Don't take those things for granted. That, that you, you're not bound by those things anymore. And that you've got the shield of the Lord around you. And you've got the angels of the Lord that encampeth about you. Yes, sir, you, you want to be very cognizant, very mindful of that which God has done for you. Everybody said hallelujah. So yes, it's a given that he, he wants us. But this was, a, this was a step up. Jesus was telling this individual, I want to make you alert. I want to heighten your senses. I want you to become exceedingly aware that the enemy has desired you. Something has taken place in the spiritual realm. Maybe it'll remind you of when the angels, the sons of God, came in on a certain day and met with the Lord. And wouldn't you know it, Satan showed up. <laughs> I'm sure the angels were looking at him like, who invited you? <laughs> what are you doing here? What are you doing crashing our party? <laughs> Get out of here, man. And the Lord said, hey, where you been? I've been to and fro. I've been going all over the place. Have you now? Don't you worry about it. God knows right where you've been going and why you've been going there. That's right. He knows. And so he said, uh, well, have you considered my servant, Job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about him? Well, you know, he's a good man. Well, you know, that's because you you got a hedge about him. You do things for him. You provide for him. You know the enemy hates the blessing of God in your life. He doesn't like for your life to be decent and in order. He don't like that. He's the he's the father of lies. He's he's filled with confusion and disorder. That's the only way he's happy. If he can't even be happy, I mean, but that's the closest he gets to happiness. And so he heads down and he begins to invade Job's life, taking away all kinds of things that God had blessed him with, and stirring up this one and stirring up that one and stirring up another one. First news, you know they got nothing good to say. They got nothing good to do. They're just carrying away everything. They're robbing Job of peace, tranquility. They're, they're, they're disturbing things. And, uh, but, okay. Job takes it in stride. We're back before God again, and same thing. Consider my servant Job. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did. So I'll tell you what right now, God. You just let me touch his health. And he'll curse you to your face. I said, well, you go right for it. Now, you know, that meant God. Now, God doesn't bet, and neither do I. I hope neither do you. But uh, I'm just saying 
God just pushed all the chips to the center. He said, my money's on Job. Satan said, I'll show you. He put, ponied up his. He takes off. And he smites Job until he had boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Oh, brother. Job finds himself in a pile of ashes with broken pottery. I guess he was so upset he broke some of the dishes, huh? I don't know, but he started scraping away. And, and, and Dad, you know, you never know what somebody's really going through. Just because they're not visibly showing you boils, you know, it doesn't mean that they're not carrying some kind of load, things that you just don't know. Sister Anna, <laughs> behind you. Things that you just don't know and uh, and you're not aware of. And that, uh, but sometimes people are carrying pretty good sized cross. And here come three miserable comforters. Now they had a visual. There was nothing hidden from them. They could see visually. You know, they say guys are visual. Okay. I don't know, but I, I don't know, but I'm not sure why they say that and let the ladies buy because, you know, if you want to get a lady's attention, just show her a pair of shoes right, or a purse. Brother, you're talking about lighting up. Okay. So anyway, anyway. They sit down there with Job and they proceed to, to take misery to the next level. You know, they weren't helping the situation. You'd have thought they would have been wanted to hold Job's hands up. You'd have thought every word out of their mouth would have been butter and honey. That they would have encouraged him on every hand. That they would have done everything they could within their power to lighten his load. But they didn't. They were miserable comforters. Isn't that a shame when you could be such a, think about the blessing you could be. And then try to be that. Try to be that. Don't be thoughtless. Be thoughtful. You know. Don't be selfish. Take no thought for self. Yeah. Well, as you know, things got pretty rough and it got even domestic, and Job's wife was aggravated with him looking like that. She was looking, want, figuring he would, you know, she liked the way he looked before, and he was all that, and now he's a bloody boiled mess. He's boiling, frying, baking, and stewing sitting over there in his pile of ashes. He didn't have a, you know, a model look right then, and, uh, she just tells him, why don't you just go ahead and curse God and die? And thankfully, old Job reared back. <laughs> and he just let her know, you know, God's been too good to me. There's no way I'm going to curse God. You know. That's the same as when, when Jesus had to make the statement, said, uh, you savor not the things that are of God, Right? You're showing that you're entertaining something else here. 
that is the opposite of God. It's important to keep your discernment working so that you know what you're dealing with in the situation that you find yourself. Because you want to be on the side of God's angels. They're not the fallen angels. They're, they're the ones that are still standing. Hello. Yeah. You want to be sure what side you're on. You want to get yourself over on that side if there's anything lacking. And whoever and whatever you got to cut off, you do it. And you do it post-haste. You do it pronto. You do it right away. Don't dilly-dally. Don't give Satan more time to get a bigger grip on you. Jesus saw these forces coming together, conspiring. Simon, Simon. It's almost like he's trying to waken him up. He calls his name twice. Satan hath desired to have you. Now, you know, he was been with Jesus long enough to know that Jesus didn't waste words. He didn't waste time. There was too much demand on his time, and his time was short. He said the things concerning me have an end. You're not going to always have me. I'm not going to always be here. You better make the most of this. Matter of fact, you're not going to always be here, so you better make the most of your time. All of us. And so, he said, he, Satan wants to sift you. He wants to stretch you out and separate you from me. He wants to get you away from me. He said, but I've prayed for thee. I've prayed for thee. I've prayed for thee. Now, you know, it's Mother's Day. Mothers, what makes you important is that you're in the church and you're praying. The Bible said there stood, now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother. Yes. Good woman. He wasn't going to let anything sift her. One place in the scripture, it said, well, more than one place, actually, gives us the account of how that people proclaimed to Jesus when he was teaching. And they said, behold, take a look. Your mother stands without your family, desiring and Jesus said, who is my mother and my brethren? He not only served notice on his mother and brethren, but he served notice on everybody. He said, you see these people that are doing the will of God? getting the word and keeping that word of God and that will of God 
He said, now that's my mother. Those are my brethren. And Jesus confirmed that and proved that on the day that he started the only church he ever started, built the only church he ever built, birthed the only church he ever birthed. That is for everybody. But he filled his own mother with the Holy Ghost. Yes, he did. Acts chapter 2, 1 and 2, will set you straight on that. Filled his own mother with the Holy Ghost. Friend, you talking about the reward for standing by. She wasn't going to be separated. He, he said, he said, I'm out here and I'm trying to get them and I can't get there. He said that his mother is, is the one that does his will and listens to God's word. And well, I'm going to do that. Well, yes, Mom, that's the message. That just because you're mom doesn't mean that there's going to be an exception here. But she stood by that cross. She found her way. There wasn't any crowd between her and him on that cross. Not many people want to get too close to the cross. It's a place of sacrifice. Not too many people want to get too close to that. People want pretty. The cross is ugly. Fail. Ugly. That? Oh. You want pretty. You want party. You want play around. Uh -huh. That's how you spell hell. If you want to spell heaven, then Jesus said, You mourn now and you're going to laugh later. You stand by me now, you're going to stand with me then. There stood by the cross, an ugly place, and a very whipped, and seemingly, it appeared like, it looked like, a defeated Christ. But you know the devil's always wrong. And those that listen to him always wind up on the wrong side in the wrong place. They wind up so miserable. Hell is going to be most miserable for those who knew and didn't obey. As opposed to those who never knew and didn't obey. Oh, yeah. Don't want to wind up a castaway. Been telling others to come to church. Been telling others to get baptized. Don't want to wind up a castaway. Want to be doing it. We want to be in here, and we want to be doing it. And Mary marched right up to that cross, and she stood there. And she had a good influence on others when they saw that she was resolute and determined. Dedicated that she wasn't backing down in any hard time or time of criticism. 
coming by wagging their tongues. Heck, you be who you say you are. Come on down off that cross and then we'll believe. No, they wouldn't have believed. He could have come down off that cross and done backflips and cooked them the best barbecue dinner ever. And they still wouldn't have believed on him. You hear me? They still wouldn't have believed on him. If you won't believe one scripture, you won't believe five scriptures. There she stood. People swirling around her. Making fun, poking. Criticizing. Railing against him. Oh, yeah. It was not a fun time. It was not a, a party. No. He wasn't popular hanging on that cross. And his visage or his whole countenance was marred more than any man. He was just a bloody pulp. 361 stripes on what had been his back. Because there wasn't much of that left. There he hung. Right up to the last breath, Mary stood right there. And her influence, her dedication, enabled her sister, Mary Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. Just a little old hippie girl that got pulled out of the fire. <clears throat> and what, boy, thank God Mary Magdalene hung in there. You know, you just don't realize, if you did realize what good God has in store, if you could envision the life that he has planned for you, you wouldn't go anywhere. You wouldn't back up. You wouldn't run away. You wouldn't hide. <clears throat> You wouldn't go involve yourself with something else. <coughs> no, sir. No, sir. Not if you could see. Not if you could envision. But that's faith, isn't it? That's faith. That you, without seeing it, you're believing it. Oh, yeah. You know, Mary Magdalene was just 72 hours away. Think about that. It's, it's coming up to 12 o'clock on Sunday. So that's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? 72 hours, three days. Jesus said, you destroy this body, and brother, they did. <laughs> they, they did that. And he said it because he knew that's what they were going to do. But he said, you destroy this body, this temple. And he said, in three days, I'll raise it up. And, of course, being natural-minded, thinking carnal all the time, they used, tried to use that against him. Now, we remember he said, we destroyed the temple that took us 46 years to build. He'd raise it up in three days. And, of course, they just missed everything, and he was talking about the body, his temple of his body. and They were just carnal. They were just natural-minded. They are always thinking about natural things, always thinking about things of this world, savoring the things of the devil and not of God. 
But Jesus and Mary Magdalene, just a short 72 hours. And up to the last breath, they stood there. Mary, his mother, stood there. And then he cried. He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He was aware that the spirit was leaving the body. It's a fine line there. We fulfilled the psalmist in the scripture. And Jesus died. Medically, they said he died of a broken heart. Don't break his heart. Don't break his heart. Don't do despite unto the Spirit of grace. Don't crucify him afresh. Don't do that. Stand by him. Live for him. Follow mother's example. Show that kind of strength. Begin to tick away, 71 hours, 70 hours. Pretty soon it was 48. One whole day was gone. And they're all bumping off the walls. And What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Somebody said, let's go fishing. <laughs> when all else fails, go fishing. Or the lady said, let's go shopping. All else fails, go shopping. The, the going gets tough, the tough go shopping, right? So, pretty soon it was two days were gone. It was 24 hours left. And as it ticked down, in a great while before day, early in the morning, Jesus rose again from the dead. And Mary Magdalene, who stood by that cross, with his mother, the mother of his flesh. Mary Magdalene couldn't sleep that night. Maybe she hadn't slept for three days. I don't know. But I do know that she got there mighty early. I think she kind of snuck up upon him, kind of surprised him. I guess he said, boy, Mary, you up early this morning, girl. What's going on? <laughs> and she thought, he, she thought he was the gardener. She said, where have you hit him? The tomb is empty. Where, where have you hit him? What would you do with him? I'll take him. I'll, I'll, do, I'll take the responsibility. Isn't it nice when people step up, no matter what inconvenient time, they step up. If you're going to do the work of God, it's not going to be like that king that said, I'll hear thee at a more convenient time. I've got to get my mani-pedi right now going on. Oh, brother. Come on. No, sir. Not about convenience. If you're going to wait on convenience, you'll never get baptized in Jesus' name. If you're going to wait on convenience, you'll never receive the Holy Ghost. If you're going to wait on convenience, you will not live for God. 
Forget about your convenience. That's for flesh talking. God said, who will go? And Isaiah said, well, let me check my date book now. I'll tell you, Lord. Now, I'll tell you. Well, I'm going fishing tomorrow, so I'll be tied up with that. Next day, I'm, I'm hosting a barbecue. You know, you laugh, but I got a guy, I got a guy, a family, a husband and wife. That's exactly what's going on in their lives. And it's been that way probably for the last year. Yeah. I go by and I see them and I drop off CDs and, and uh, trying to keep them in the loop. Trying to keep some kind of connection. Used to send Brother Williams over there all the time. Talk to him. Have Bible study with him. But they're still floating around out there. Always got to do this. Always got to do that. Always got to do the other. You know. Convenient time. There's not going to be a convenient time. The devil in the flesh will see to that. There'll be no convenient time. Oh, man. You got to just get up and do it. You got to go for it. And so, Mary's Magdalene's. Suddenly, she gets the revelation. He's not the gardener. And she addresses him in the most formal way she can. She calls him Rabboni. I guess that's like a 10th degree black belt. You know, I mean, it's just the top of the top of the top. She got to see him before anybody else. Man, I think she, went, she wanted to wrap her arms around his ankles and weep on his feet. But he said, touch me not. He said, there's some things, shadows and types, got to be fulfilled. Some previews here. Things got to go according to the book. I've, I've got to ascend. Got to take care of some business. But I'll be back. You go tell my disciples. Here's your job. You go tell my disciples. But I want to, you go tell my disciples. Okay. Okay. So she carried the message. What a reward for standing by that cross. 72 hours before that, she had no clue. There's a lot of things you don't have a clue about that God's got planned for you. Great things, wonderful things, glorious things. And that's where people always say, if only I'd have known. Well, if you'd stick around and be faithful, then you'd know. And it's written in your Bible. Then shall they know if they follow on to know. You got to stick with this. Everybody said amen. This is not fly by night. This is digging deep. Laying the foundation on the rock. Weathering the storm. That's what it is. This is putting yourself out there. Who will go? Isaiah said, I'll go. I'll go. Well, what about your day book? I mean, you got this plan, you got that plan, you got the other plan. He said, throw the book out. <laughs> throw the book out. He said, I'll go. Send me. Send me. Send me. Send me. Send me. There's an awfully big job to do. People are lost. People are lost. I 
went to the Dollar Tree, as I said, I'm riding around in circles waiting for the dear boss to get all her little Sunday school things and and supplies and whatever else is needed. The ladies are here. And uh, I um, I see this lady and her, her daughter and two daughters. One looked to be a teenager and the other one maybe a little younger, about 10. And so I... Uh, I uh, put down my window, and I said, why do I think y'all go to church? The lady said, yeah, we, we, we go to church, and they just kept right on walking. I just kept right on driving next to them. And I said, um, I said okay, I said, um, I hope, I hope y'all believe Acts 2.38 wherever you go. And didn't get much response on that. Kind of laughed a little bit. And so they went on across and into the store, and I went back to circling. And uh, <clears throat> I only I had given out all my invitations, and I only had Fort Myers in the door there. And so I went and parked in a remote spot of the parking lot, and I got out, and I got my little stash back there, and I started getting out the tracks, the invitations for here, for Belglade. And uh, I put some in the front by the door, and I, I was like a, I was like a lion waiting. I was, I was just waiting. Wait till they come out of that store. I'm going to get them. I'm going to give them an invitation to church. And so sure enough, they came out. And uh, so I rolled on up there. And I rolled my window down. And I said, hey, I just wanted to give you an invitation to church. She said, well, we're doing just fine. But she reached out and took my track. And I said, okay. I said, don't don't forget to read that Acts 2.38. And I also was going to say, but I didn't want to, you know, you got to be careful. But I wanted to say, don't forget to check out my back window. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sometimes I have to get ahead of people and pull over and slow down right in front of them so they can read my back window. <laughs> yeah, Lord. Oh, brother. Everybody said praise the Lord. We had... Uh, Somebody that came to church, somebody that is here in church, <laughs> wonderfully so, and uh, because they they saw uh, there's seats over here, a Anthony on this side if you want. They um they I thought they saw the back window of one of our vehicles, but it was the back of Brian, and he had his. <laughs> He had his shirt on that said the same thing as the window, but he had it on. I said, well, the back of the window of the vehicle, and Brian's back, same thing. You know, what's it so it's all the Same width. Come on, Brian. Flex it up there, boy. Yes, sir. And so it was great. It was great. We, we just want to advertise it everywhere we go, don't we? Tell everyone. There's a song about that. You know, everywhere I go, everyone I see, want to tell them about Jesus. Tell them about this truth. You want to be the that kind of mother. You want to be that kind of person. And you want to remember that when you get this, heed the warning and be thankful that Jesus has prayed for you. The pastor is praying for you. That your faith fail not. Unfailing faith. Because Satan, he wants to separate you. He wants to cut you off. Yes, he does. That's, this should be some significance. You should ask yourself, why, why does 
Satan want to get me away from leadership? Why does he want that? Well, because leadership is the shepherd. And, of course, the wolf is out there. And you know he's a coward at heart, right? You know that. And he wants to, he wants you to straggle off a little bit. He wants you to start drifting away. You don't want to play footsie with the wolf, you know? You keep drifting out and drifting out and drifting out. And then all of a sudden you feel a sharp crack. Because the shepherd catches up with you and he pulls you back with that crook of his staff and cracks you one time and breaks your leg for you. That's what they would do to the sheep that wandered so that they would stay closer to the flock or to the church. You want to stay close to this. You don't want to be drifting away Delving into this and curiosity about that. And then just a little bit, a little, little bit of bad music. You ain't going to hurt anything. It's not going to stay a little bit. That's what you miss. Satan can get in the door. He's going to push it wide open. That's why we got to, you know, put the devil out and shut the door. Right? I still want that good old Jamaican song. Shut the door. <laughs> yes, sir. Everybody said praise the Lord. But I've prayed for thee. The pastor's praying for you. Leadership's praying for you. He doesn't want you to let Satan get a hold of you to where he can get between you and him. You don't want that. And so Jesus said, I prayed for thee. Thy faith fail not. Be strong in faith. Be strong in faith. Be strong in faith. Okay? Everybody said amen. Let's stand together. God love your heart. God is a great God, wonderful God, kind and loving God. There stood by the cross his mother, and faithful disciples. Yes, sir. Stick with this. Stand by this. Don't be wishy-washy. Don't be as changeable as the, the weather. Okay? Which reminds me, be sure to thank God for such good weather here. Some places have snow right now. Some people have hail the size of baseballs. You know, some people have tornadoes, billions of dollars of damage, flooding, all kinds of problems going on. And here we are in sunny South Florida. No hurricane in 10 years. We've got a lot to thank God about. Amen. Amen. I tell a lot of people out there that, and I tell them, I say, I tell my church, they better thank God. <laughs> and I mean it. I, I believe we are why it's not here.
I really believe that. That God responds. God loves praise. He really does. And our praise needs to be comely. It needs to be beautiful. That we offer up a beautiful praise to our wonderful God. Everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. All right. Let's take a moment, would you, with me and lift your heart with your hands. And let's love him. Thank you, dear God. I give you praise and glory and honor, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for the great gift of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for this oh-so-great salvation. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, oh, God, to live for you. I don't want you to have to twist my arm or compel me, Lord. I want to willingly be a part of the work of God to do for you on a daily basis. Send me, oh Lord. Let me be the one, oh God, that'll do what needs to be done. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, dear Jesus. Thank you, holy, holy, holy God. I give you praise and glory and honor. Name of Jesus. That beautiful name that's above every name. Thank you, Holy Father. Let's worship the Lord, shall we? Yeah, come on. No matter what. 